know, here at Extreme Ag, we've got a great thing going. And if you are one of our followers and you've been listening and watching what we do, you know that we're trying to always push the envelope on educating you. Remember, the whole concept was shortening your learning curve. Well, to do that or to assist in that, we want to bring in affiliates that can contribute, contribute what they know, what they do, and also contribute geographically. You know, we've got Temple out in the Eastern Shore. That's really cool because you maybe aren't aware of some of the things that he's dealing with. For instance, his environmental compliance, which has probably been way ahead of you where you live because of the Chesapeake Bay issues that arose 20 or 30 years ago. Well, Matt Swanson is going to give us a taste of what maybe he can contribute from his unique position in Western Illinois. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. It's me, Damian Mason, with one of our affiliates, Matt Swanson from Illinois, 36-year-old farm operator. He's an affiliate of Extreme Ag, and I want you to know about his operation, also what you can learn from him in his contribution during his time now working with Extreme Ag as an affiliate. Matt, welcome. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Damien. I appreciate it. All right. The operation. Um, you went to Western Illinois. I've been there. What is it? Macomb, Illinois. I, I've been on the campus. I did a speech to a, a cattle group over in that part of Illinois. It gets more curvy. Um, it gets a little different from what people would think of when they think of the Champaign part of Illinois. It's very different over where you are. So how far are you from Western Illinois University? So I actually, the, my home is in Macomb. Uh, I went to Western for both my bachelor's and my master's. Um, but I'm actually from, or the farm is from La Harp, uh, which is about 20, 25 minutes Northwest of, of Macomb. All right. So, uh, when the average person listening to this says, of course, Illinois corn and soybeans, is that all you do? Uh, so we have a few cattle around, not as many as we used to have. Um, there's a little bit, just a very little bit of wheat, but corn and soybeans is kind of, uh, is kind of it. I wouldn't say it, but it's pretty close to it. Anyway. <laughs> and there are more cattle over there than certainly there are in central Illinois. Uh, there was a time, certainly maybe about even before you were born, where everybody, uh, you know, even had a feed yard, a small feed yard where they fed cattle, maybe uh, had a couple of silos. But uh, that's kind of moved away in in the really good dirt part of Illinois. Over where you are, there's a little more curve. There's a little more, uh, a little more uh, cattle country, if you will. So what's that look like? Yeah, so we, um, and even on our own farm, we have a lot of um, of rolling type terrain. Uh, we have a lot of what we call timber soil, which has been farmed for, you know, 100 to 150 years, but it's not the black prairie soil that most people, equi you know, equivalent with Illinois. Um, we do have some of that. Uh, we are kind of on the edge of it. So if you go about five miles west of us, it gets real flat and real black. Um, if you go to the far of west of where we farm, which is right on the Mississippi River, it's it's real sandy and it's over the bluff, and so it's a lot it's a lot different. We see a lot of soil types uh, right in my area. We're going to get back to learning about your operation, but one of the things I asked you before we hit record was what you could contribute to Extreme Ag, and you've spoken there just about soil um, agronomics. 
Uh, we got guys on here. Kelly Garrett will admit, he says, I'm the worst agronomy guy in, in extreme ag. Um, he's the business guy. He's the entrepreneurial guy. He's certainly a farm guy, but he says agronomics is not his uh, A+. plus. Is agronomics your A+, plus? is business your A+, plus? when you look at farming, there's the operational part of it, there's the agronomics part of it, there's the at your desk part of it, and probably a couple other parts of it. Give me your grade on each of your categories. Yeah, so agronomy is, is probably my favorite of the of the three. We'll call them the big things. Um, am I, am I right? By the way, are those the three things: the operational, the agronomics, and the business? Yeah, I would say that's probably your three your three biggest buckets. Uh, agronomy of the three is probably my favorite. Uh, Kelly has rubbed off on me a little bit. the The business side is is something that, by necessity, I guess I've gotten more into, um, and I've definitely been. Uh, more involved with or have taken a liking to lately. So if we're giving grades, probably A for the agronomy, uh, B plus for the for the business side. The operational side, I still do a lot of field work, but you know I, that part has has necessarily become the the less the least uh, occupied you know least occupier of my time, I guess. Least occupying your time because as an operation grows, and this is something that I think everybody, I, I've been saying it for years on stage, the hide in the shop, uh, I want to put new blades on the vertical tillage equipment farmer. There's a lot of those out there, but the problem is the capital requirements and the scope and size of operation. If you want to be hanging in the shop doing that, I think that you really need to realize that you should get someone to manage the business and you should do that because it just gets too big. You might like sitting behind a, a, a tractor wheel, but at times, if your operation is going to grow, you could put someone else in that tractor seat. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and, and, and you've heard other people in the business talk about, um, you know, what are the, what are the hundred dollar an hour jobs? And, you know, even with the increased cost of labor, um, there's jobs that definitely pay better as far as in the grand scheme of things than, than driving a tractor or, or doing maintenance. Now those things are important, no question. Um, but as far as growing or running an operation, you know, those, those aren't the most profitable jobs generally. If you run your own business long enough, you have moments where you're doing $5 an hour work and you have moments you're doing $500 an hour work. That's just the scope of it. I mean, it really is. And also that can be seasonal in, in agriculture more than my, well, actually for me, it's that way too. I've got times when I'm worth a hell of a lot more and I've got times when I'm twiddling my thumbs and I'm not worth as much just because of the demand. But for you guys, um, there's, there's time to be behind the wheel because don't you also say, Hey, I could hire someone to do this, but this is a new farm we took on. I want to see it. I mean, don't you think that there's, there's a bigger payoff then? So there's two things generally in the season that I do a lot of, um, and that's the harvest part and the planting part. And for, for the same reason, but for, you know, different, you're learning different things. The harvest thing, you're learning all the nuances or you're seeing, um, kind of your trial work up close. You know, it's one thing to look at the data and it's another to, you know, let's say you put a trial out and you've got this new product and it's consistently 10 bushel of better throughout the entire field, every every inch of that path. You may put a different trial out and it's 50 bushel in this part of the field and it's five bushel in this part of the field and it's minus 10 bushel in that part of the field. And those things are things that you don't see in the data specifically. You know, if I say, well, this, this was overall 20 bushel better. Yeah. But that it was 50 bushel better here and five bushel better. There is almost more important than the 20 bushel better. Cause if you don't understand why it works, it doesn't. Uh... So I, and by the way, I went down this, it sounds like I'm on a rabbit hole, but I'm really not. We're talking about agronomy. You said that's your a grade. You're giving yourself a grade a on that. So the point is 
even though you know that there's a time that you should be handling the business versus just operating a piece of equipment because maybe the hired guy could do that for the growth of the business, you also are adding a lot of uh, observation when you're when you're out in that field when you're actually saying now I understand where our problems are now I get because I always say that you know I own farm ground that I've never farmed. <laughs> and and I grew up on a farm farming a bunch of other properties that weren't even that good, but I knew about them. And now I don't own those places. So it's kind of like, I think you learn a place a hell of a lot better when you're on, when you operate it a couple of times. Yeah. You can't get too far away from it. And I think in my situation, in, in times where we've gotten away from this thing or that thing, you've definitely noticed um, that maybe your management isn't as good. So it, it becomes kind of a balancing act of, of not losing track of those things as they change and morph throughout the year and years. Um, and also still, you know, making sure you're prioritizing your time. We're going to come back to uh, time and, and agronomy, but you didn't give yourself a great, you said uh, agronomy is your favorite. And then you gave yourself an A Remember, just cause your favorite doesn't mean you're good at it. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's people that are, you know, um, yep. I know a guy that his favorite thing was to drink whiskey. It didn't mean he was good at it because you know, he always, he always ended up uh, arrested. Okay. Um, operational give yourself a grade uh i guess depending on how you're classifying it um i would say b probably uh and do you think operational is also management or should we throw that in as a is that somewhere is that across to all of it i don't know i would say operational wise to me is are you the best equipment operator are you the best maintainer are you those kind of things that's that's kind of where i put that bucket in so you'd put the then on management which obviously is involved everything you'd throw that more in the business category so let's call that uh there so let's put the management and the business side of it uh in in the, that what, what do you give yourself for a grade there yeah so five years ago i would have said a plus for agronomy and uh b for management and i, I would say that some of the effort that we put into or I put into agronomy has kind of been shifted into the management out of necessity. Um, so I would probably give myself an A minus on management uh, trending upwards. And I'm hoping to just maintain that A in the agronomy side and probably losing on the operational side, to be honest. I I know that you, in one of my business books, I wrote that you've got to be really honest to be able to assess, especially when you run your own ship. You know, if you're working for a large organization, they give you grades. Uh, but when you run your own ship, you got to give yourself a grade. And I think it takes, a, it takes a certain character to really look at their critical strengths and then also look at their weaknesses that are, might be harming them. Do you have any weakness that you think has harmed you or is harming your business and that you think you can build by being part of extreme ag that can make your weakness not weak anymore. Well, I think least, part or of at the, least bring it up to a passing grade. Yeah. So part of the thing I would say weakness wise, it's probably being too optimistic and not enough pessimistic sometimes. And I know some people that know me are always going to laugh at that because that's, they don't necessarily feel that way. But um, I think one of the great things about extreme ag is that you have a pool if you want to say of collaborators and contributors and you see different ways that they do things and you learn from them so you know one of my probably best friends on the planet is matt miles and uh i, I don't care for i don't care for him i i actually i gotta tell you uh i mean favorite person in the world he's a bald-headed southern guy from the delta region uh he he mis he mis my name half the time he talks to me i've been working for him for a year and a half actually i love matt he's he's one of my uh all my favorites and uh uh i i uh i tell him that all the time yeah not to, i mean not and not to take away from kelly or kevin i mean most of these guys i've known for quite a while uh, mm -hmm. i met most of them actually 
six to seven years ago speaking at a, at a industry event, but, um, Matt was kind enough to invite me very early in the process down to see his operation and just ride around with him for a few days. And I've done that, I don't know, several times since. And it's, you don't even, you know, you have, we have conversations, but he's busy. So, but it's, you learn a lot just from watching somebody else do the same thing that you do. Uh, and I think that's probably the, one of the most beneficial things I've gained out of, out of that friendship is just being around somebody that knows what they're doing is very successful at what they're doing and seeing how they do it, you know, in, in the environment in real time. Well, let's face it. If someone's doing the exact same thing as you, then you don't need to go and what, what the hell are you going to glean from it? Right. Right. Yep. Um, yep. All right. So we're giving grades here. Um, and I asked you about your, okay. Your, one of your things you say you're going to gain is from the perspective, I guess I'm going to wrap that up and say, you're going to glean perspective from different regions and different strengths of other people, but you didn't tell me that there's anything glaring that you think that you need to fix. Most people don't ever like to admit it. I can admit my glaring weaknesses. Actually, I could fill a sheet, a sheet of paper with them. You, you tell me your farming uh, weakness. Farming weakness. Uh, I probably tend to stick with things a little longer than I should. And, and conversely, I could say my dad would probably say the exact opposite. He probably would say, I don't stick with things long enough. Uh, before we we fold them off so that's kind of an interesting juxtaposition there's things that i think we've probably held on a little too long are you talking about a practice a product all the above Could be anything practice product enterprise uh, enterprise yeah enterprise. Try, any, try, trying to grow food grade corn tor tortilla corn chips and it didn't work out for you or something like this well so uh, funny coincidentally we do uh we are looking at food grade corn for next year but um my dad would say that i moved too quickly between things and and uh I would say probably the exact opposite. So that's, I would say that that's probably my weakness. I probably stick to things probably a little too long. All right. I want to, uh, I want to hear more about your weaknesses, but more importantly, I want to hear about your operation. And I know that our listeners do also, because that way then the listener can say, Hey, I know what I'm going to get from Matt Swanson's contribution to extreme ag. Before we get into that, I want to remind uh, Matt, as well as anybody listening right here, something smart that my man Kelly Garrett said, he said, if you give a plate of food, it's all kinds of nutrition to an unhealthy athlete and the unhealthy athlete can't eat it. It does not do that athlete any good. Equate that to your crops. If we are putting all kinds of fertility, because that's what we've always done, NPK, 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 we always put it out there and all of a sudden the crop cannot uptake that nutrient. What have we just done? We put a plate of food in front of an athlete that's banged up. The point is stress mitigation. So a big ob uh, objective for Kelly in 2022 was stress mitigation, and he achieved that partially with Agrison's product. Agrison is one of our business partners. They've got cool products like Accomplish Max. They've got stuff that these guys are putting in for, they're using to mitigate the stress, and you can do the same thing. So learn from Kelly's lesson. Again, always think about that narrative or that, I'm sorry, that analogy. Healthy athletes can take in the nutrition Healthy plants can take in the nutrition. Stressed plants cannot take in the nutrition. Agerson can help. Go to your nearest nutrient retail outlet and find out about great products like Accomplish Max. Okay. Matt, you know what that was? That was kind of a commercial right there, but that's yeah, all right. Because yeah, you know what? Caught me off guard a little bit there. I <laughs> transition. <laughs> See, yeah, sneak it in. You guys just sneak it in like that. All right. <laughs> Tell me about the operation. You talked about your father, you and your father, uh, fairly traditional. Anything else? Yeah. So we, it's me, my, my dad, uh, we've got, I've got my cousin that helps us. And then, uh, that's the Illinois side. And then we have an, an Arkansas side that, um, we started a couple of years ago. That's actually partnered up with 
some of the other guys in extreme ag and uh, and making that happen so that was mostly peanuts in 2021 and 2022 had some personal things going on so we didn't do it uh but hopefully in 2023 we'll be back so you went down and picked up some acres in arkansas do you have a person that's on site because i've been to matt's place uh when it's 104 degrees stuff can get away from you in a hurry uh you know it's like it's like uh when you're away from the refrigerator for a while next thing you know uh it's all it's all stinky uh is there a problem Who, who's keeping an eye on the shop in yeah so the guy that uh that we're partnered up with uh owns the property that we're working with and uh, so he's there all the time him and his guys are there all the time but uh you know in season usually there every one to two weeks at at, uh, at a minimum so you are yeah personally yeah. all right so how many acres in illinois so we run about a thousand twelve hundred in illinois and then the operation in arkansas was about 675 680 okay so uh i'm gonna play the other side of this the person listening is gonna say wait a minute is that and him, that's not enough acres to have to, to pay two people. There must be something else going on. Tell me what else you do for income. Well, so we, we've, I've also got a trucking business. We just started here recently uh, to take kind of take advantage of the way the market is in that, in that uh, area. And then uh, here very recently, I actually still working on it. We're rolling out a uh, agronomy, like an agronomist type position or, or company here um to handle soil testing and soil mapping and things like that got it are you going to expand illinois uh, or can you uh it's i we would expand to either place whenever it comes available i think one of the biggest things about this business is you've got to stay nimble and kind of respond to things as they happen the arkansas thing kind of happened over just a couple conversations and uh we're open to expansion in, in any direction and at any time, if it makes sense. So, however, there are certain uh, realities. You live in Macomb. You got kids. You can't just you can't just oh, expand. Doesn't mean go pick up a a, a bunch of uh, acres in Western Kansas because that means you move, right? Right. No, it's just a matter of you know what makes sense. And, and one of the things that I'm working on to kind of accommodate them with some of those things is a pilot's license. So obviously that cuts the travel time. Uh, significantly versus driving which is what we're doing <clears throat> i've thought about that a couple of times to go and do speaking engagements in far-flung places but the problem is when there's a paycheck at the end of the runway i'm afraid that the weather's not going to be a factor and i might end up uh, hurting myself right yeah so that's uh that's a definitely a consideration so okay so um operationally on those acres in illinois it's mostly corn and soybeans then you've got the cattle thing, which we don't do a lot of, of that discussion here at Extreme Ag, except for Kelly's going direct to consumer now. Do you envision any growth uh, in any of these other enterprises that, you know, talk about the entrepreneurial side that uh, we we glean from people like uh, Mr. Garrett here at uh, Extreme Ag? Is there anything that you see that might have potential besides just row crops? Well, I mean, the trucking thing is definitely uh, is not going to go away. That's a problem that the state that it's a nationwide problem that Illinois has made worse. Uh, to be <laughs> um, So we're working through that. I think that definitely has the potential to grow and that would not be the first farm started trucking company that turned into a, a much bigger deal, at least among the people that I know. Um, and I know Matt's got his trucking outfit. Uh, Kelly's got one as well. Yeah. And that, you know, was kind of on our, on our radar to solve our own problems, but to bring in some extra cash as well. Hard time getting people to work. You have a hard uh, time getting employees. Trucking is is not the most exciting job in the world, right? So, you know, 
you've got to either pay or, or just have somebody that enjoys it. So. Right now, 36 years old, um, you, you know, people that are my age can remember the seventies and all of that. Is there anything that scares you right now about the agricultural situation? We're in like year four of things being really good. Yeah. So, I mean, like anything, we've seen land prices. And by, and by the way, at least you didn't do the typical farmer thing because when you tell farmers they're making a lot of money, they hate it. No, we're not. not making anything. Barely breaking even. I've been hearing that for, for 53 years. Well, some of them are some of them are lying to me. 2019, honest. 2020, 2021, 2022. A couple of those years where a bunch of government money got tossed out here, like like when we thought billions, it still was a big number. Now we're throwing trillions around, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, is it too good? Uh, I don't know if it's too good. I don't know. You know, when it wasn't that long ago that guys were discouraging uh, their kids to come back to the farm. Uh, I think by and large, that's probably still the case because most of them have seen the seasonality, if you want to call it that, of, of the farm business. Um, land prices scare me. I mean, we've gone from 15000 being a lot to 20000 being a lot to 25000 being a lot to some $30,000 an acre sales. Uh, that is a problem, if you're, especially if you're trying to start something from scratch because you know land being the most important part of that. Now, it does help you if you own it but if you don't that's a problem um the interesting you know obviously if you talk to my grandfather he would tell you well you know seven percent big deal we were paying 18 or 19 or 20 you know when i was younger uh seven percent i can talk about interest rates yeah you talk about interest rates and seven percent is a big number compared to what where we've been for the last three to ten years well when you were buying tractors for thirty five hundred dollars you know 20% was a little bit different. Now you're buying tractors for three quarters of a million dollars. And that uh, 7% is still a gigantic number in interest. Well, you did that thing where you said that, you know, the numbers were less because the equipment costs less. That's true. But in real dollars, it probably maybe isn't that big of a difference, but yeah, there probably still is some real dollar appreciation because the equipment does a heck of a lot more per, per, you know, productivity per horsepower, productivity per, per dollar, really. Yeah. Right. No, that's fair. Uh, answer me this. You used to write an article for Prairie Farmer. Uh, I, I grew up getting the Indiana Prairie Farmer uh, delivered to our to our door, and, and I read it. And uh, I uh, I want to hear about what you used to write about. So the Prairie Farmer thing is actually new. Um, that was something we've been working on this year and haven't even rolled out the first one for them. Yet. Oh, okay. So I thought something you had done. So you're a contributor. So I, we've written for, other, written for other people. The Prairie Farmer thing is new, though. Did the, okay, well, tell me how this whole thing came about. Uh, actually, the editor um, lives not too far from me, and she came out to do an article, a cover article on us, I don't know, two, three years ago, probably now. And it's something we've kind of played with back and forth since then. And, and you know, with some changes I got going on, that was kind of a an avenue that I looked into, something that I could express my, uh, you know, I don't know, business savvy or, or how much I enjoy this by writing about different things that I found interesting. And, and that's kind of what we've always done. That's kind of what I do with my Twitter feed as well is just, Hey, this is what's interesting today that I'm looking at and, and talk about it. So blank piece of paper. Some of us uh, have filled lots of, lots of blank pieces of paper. It might seem like it's no problem. Plenty of topics for the first two or three. And all of a sudden after about six of them, you're like, Oh crap, I don't have anything to say. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I can see, I can see how that would happen. Um, I think as long as you're staying pretty nimble with what you're doing 
there's always going to be something new to look at. So I, uh, I don't know that it's a, a blank sheet of paper thing. It so matches what, what do people find interesting? You know, what I find interesting generally may not be the most interesting thing in the world for a lot of people. So. All right. Well, what do you find interesting right now that you want to share with the people? Well, just the people that are just meeting Matt Swanson. Remember, they've met all these other people. We've been doing this. I've been I've been working since June of a year ago. I know yeah. you didn't. I know I know that we got we got into it on a Twitter feed. I'm sorry, in a uh, in a text stream when you said, "Who's this two six zero number?" And I said, "Hey, good to meet you, Matt. Let's see. I talked to you at Commodity Classic. I've been contributing stuff since June of 2021. I've created I think 140 videos for these people. Hey, nice to meet you. Anyway." <laughs> yeah i get i can be kind of fiery but uh it's um i would say we we do any i mean we do any kind of an interesting thing like this you know this last year we experimented with uh the desiccation that matt has talked about for a long time and that kelly did last year and and i had one guy well you know what got you into that here specifically or you know how many people are doing that i'm like no one that i know of nobody uh, in washington illinois is doing it and for the person that's tuning in for the very first time in 20 seconds explain desiccation yeah, so essentially what we're doing is we're spraying uh, soybeans with a with a chemistry to 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 kill it or take the green out of them, kill them, um, kill the plant after it's mature. Terminate terminate is a nicer word to terminate the soybeans, and you're doing that prematurely. They will do it on their own, but you're doing it prematurely. The reason? Yeah, we do it after senescence, but before um, before they would naturally get there, just so harvestability is way better, uh, and it also kind of makes the grain quality a little bit better in, in my experience, at least so far. The reason that a couple of those other guys do it is timing. It, it, yeah. it spreads out your harvest. If you're limited on uh, human capital, if you're, yeah. if you're limited on labor, uh, if you're limited on equipment, and then also you can, you can manage your timing of harvest a little better. Isn't that, that <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially allowed us to go from one field to the next bang, 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 without ever having to stop and wait on, uh, green leaves or green pods or anything. So, what are you going to contribute as a affiliate to Extreme Ag? You got some trials going on. You're working with some products. You're doing something new and nifty that uh, you're excited to tell us about. Yeah. So this year we did two trials. We did one with Ag Explore and uh, one with Nature's. And the Nature's trial was kind of twofold. One, it was a fertility trial, right? To oh, wait, let's start. Let's start with the first. So okay, okay. Let's talk about Nature's and we're going to So your your pro, your trial with Nature's you did in 2022 is. Uh, so yeah, we did a, they built us a program for soybeans specifically, and then to kind of contrast a fertility program to contrast with our, with our standard programming. And typically our standard program includes two by two and infertile on soybeans anyway. So um, we, it's not that we were adding those products. We were changing the products, changing the ratios, the timing, things like yeah, so that. So you've always done infro or two by two fertility at time of planting on soybeans, but you teamed up with Tommy and the people of nature's and decided this time in 2022 to do what? Yeah. So we essentially, what we did is we changed products. Uh, we used some of their potassium acetate product, depending on which version it's in and what the timing was. Uh, we did two fertility or, uh, excuse me, foliar passes on those beans. And then we also did that field was split between a corn on corn pad or a corn on corn or a, excuse me, a bean on corn situation and a bean on bean situation um, to also test the product on beans on beans, but to see what kind of yield drag we were seeing beans on beans as well. Um, speaking of bean on beans, Kelly was allegedly going to do that in 2022. And then the markets changed just enough that it didn't make sense anymore. So he stuck with a standard rotation. You did some soybeans following soybeans. What did you, speaking of contributions, and I know we'll get more into this when we talk about trials and, and results, but what did you see? 
Uh, we didn't see any any drastic difference between the beans on corn and beans on beans. Now, you didn't see any no yield drag. That's that's been my experience in the past, and we did not see anything. And we actually grow um, all non-GMO soybeans. So the biggest challenge for us with beans on beans is with some of the weed resistance issues. You know that can get out of hand in a hurry, even in rotated beans. So that's something. We well, have. well, glyphosate tolerant soybeans. Um, were a godsend in 1996 if you ever had to grow up walking soybean fields in the middle of July to eradicate weeds. But what glyphosate-tolerant soybeans did to people that are younger maybe don't even realize that's how this whole thing came about. We just invented some some Frankenstein weeds that uh, you can't kill them. And you're saying, and you're you're doing non-GMO, so is it worse? Is the the weed resistant herbicide resistant weed problem worse in non-gmo soybeans it's not let's say well let's put this in two ways if you compare it to a glyphosate system glyphosate only system it's not any worse because you can't kill anything that we're worried about with glyphosate really we only have one weed that is a challenge in non-gmo that's uh not a challenge in a roundup or a glyphosate based system um versus the enlist or extend uh, there is a difference because the timing the herbicide timing in non-gmo soybeans is is super critical um and if you don't get the right weather at the right time it can screw it up anyway so um, All right. we do we have resulted or kind of reverted to using older chemistry we use a lot of older chemistry but it is cheaper and we also uh use a a field scale weed wiper to clean up escapes too. So non-GMO, and this is a thing that my friends out here in suburban Phoenix don't know this, that doesn't mean no chemistry. It means older chemistry. Uh, right. Older and, and in a lot of cases more dangerous, actually. Uh, yeah. We use a lot of paraquat and things like that that are not uh, friendly for the operator. And, or it could mean more tillage. It could mean more tillage, but you're, you're not, you know, bringing out the old style cultivator. Um, answer me this. You do not, a contribution you can make to the person listening right now. They're saying, why would you grow non-GMO soybeans? Well, there's a little bit of a price premium. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, so typically in the past, it's been, we've done this for the soybeans for six, seven years now. The corn actually before that. Um, it was about $1.50 is what we were getting, which, you know, when beans were eight, $8 not that long ago, that was a nice That's a, 20, that's a 25%, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a significant close. amount of money. 20% anyway, yeah. Um, so now we've continued to do it. Um, we actually have not seen any substantial and repeatable yield drag with new non-GMO hybrids versus extended and enlist hybrids. Yep. Um, and now our premium for 2023 is up to $2.50 a bushel just for straight non-GMO. Yeah. And your yield comparable? Uh, yes, so far. Yep. All right. So $2.50 on a $13 bushel, that's not insignificant. Let me get my calculator. Hey, you, people your age always laugh because I don't use my phone. I still use the old-fashioned kind of calculator right here. Uh, 2.5 divided by 13. I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but my calculator says that's a 19% uh, bump. Okay. That's right. And we actually grew, we, like this year, we grew non-GMO seed, uh, which added about another $1.50 to that. So um, we're getting paid almost $4 
uh, going into next year. Yeah. So there's something when we talk about contributions you can make, there's people out here that say, well, a young guy can't get into agriculture because blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you're just going to be a straight commodity producer and you don't start off with capital, it's going to be tremendously, but just, you know what? A young guy can't get into making shingles either. A young guy can't get into mining uh, uranium either. I mean, things that are commodity production tend to favor size and scale and large amounts of capital. That's right. If you're a young guy, grow non-GMO seed and you get a $4 premium. Yeah. You just got to, you got to find your niche. Right. And um, it's not, I mean, it's not fun. It would be way easier to, to, to plant something like enlist or, or extend, but it's not that bad. And the money is pretty nice. So. Yeah. Trials nature's on soybeans. And, and it was all about fertility. Uh, yep. The other trials you did in 2022. So we also did an ag explorer trial, same deal, uh, same fertility deal. And on that soybeans or was that on corn? It was on soybeans. All of our trial work was on soybeans this year. Um, and I can't remember. I would have to look if that field was beans on beans or beans on corn. Um, but either way, right. fertility trial, same thing, just a change of products, timing, and, uh, and volume. So. Okay. And the products from Ag Explorer you used on these trials? That's right. I would have to look them up, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but, but the good thing is, uh, this was supposed to be meet Matt Swanson, top bear operation, not trial results. But eventually, you will be sharing your trial results from 2022. That's right. Yep. All right. Looking ahead to 2023, and then we're going to let you go. 2023, what can we expect? What are you going to be doing and uh, being able to bring trials or labs or information uh, and results? Or even just, we always like updates during the season. If I come to your farm in June, you can say, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. What are you going to be able to tell us about in 23? So 2023 is going to be inter is going to be interesting for us. So we're actually as part of the agronomy business, we're moving a, a new product to kind of my area onto the farm that we're going to offer as a service. But uh, as far as soil mapping goes, and that's going to be your private enterprise that you're doing. That's right. And I'm but I'm sure we'll talk about it within the feed because it's it's something that I think is going to kind of be a key. Yep. As far as unlocking our next our next yield levels. So you got any companies or products that you're going to be doing within Extreme Ag and our business partners? Honestly, we haven't talked about it yet. I I assume we're going to be working some with Nature's. I know Tommy and I. Tommy's already been out to the farm for this year, okay. uh, working on stuff for next year. So, uh, at the very least, I'd say we're probably there anyway. I'd say we'll get you a couple out there. All right. Um, on the way out the door here, we gave uh, we gave ourselves grades on everything, but you haven't given yourself yet a grade as an ag, extreme ag contributor. What's the grade you're going to give yourself as an extreme ag contributor for 2022? Yeah. I'm gonna give myself a D. All right, and so we're gonna and we're gonna contribute more in 2023, and that's what we're that's what we're doing right here. That's what the hope is. Yeah, we're gonna that's, work it up to at least a B plus. Well, hey, at least at least passing anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, any other thing then? As a contributor, they brought you in because uh, they thought you had good stuff to share. Um, last thought on the way out the door about what you know that you want anybody that's listening to this, the one thing you've learned in your so far that you think you can share. That's like, Hey, this is the one thing I know. Ooh, that's a, I should have prepped for that one. Um, I would say the overarching thing is you've got to constantly be willing to be wrong. Right. Um, something that we've, learn kind of as a group or, or are willing to do as a group is you've got to try things and you've got to fail at them badly in some cases to understand, you know, what the next step is. And I think that's, if you're into extreme, if you're in extreme ag or you're looking at extreme ag, I think that's kind of what you're looking at. 
I think you're by nature probably that person. Um, but you've got to get really good at sucking at stuff. I, uh, I like it. Remember, Chad Henderson says there's no such thing as failures. There's only uh, experiments that didn't uh, pan out. I think is his uh, is his wording. So, I like it. That's why we got. That's why we got you here, uh, dear listener and viewer. We're going to be seeing more of Matt Swanson in 2023. He openly admitted that he was uh, not uh, not as much of a contributor in 2022 as he needed to be, but we're going to remedy that. That's why I'm here to bring his story to you, but more importantly, all the stuff that you can learn because we are here to shorten your learning curve. Till next time, you're going to hear a lot more from the affiliates, but you're going to particularly hear a lot more from Max. He has a lot of cool stuff to share with us about his trials. And also I want to hear about his field mapping and all the new ventures he's doing as a young person in agriculture. Isn't it interesting, 36 calling you young? I mean, let's face it, but when the average farmer's 60 in this country, 36 is young, right? Doesn't feel young some days, I can tell you that. Till next time, he's Matt Swanson. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for being here. And remember, this episode is all about helping you learn. So if you can share it with somebody else to help them learn, please do so. It's Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. But there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.